0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the Sunday night, Monday morning, Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball podcast. This week we'll be talking about some mid-round starting pitchers and a second installment of things about baseball we actually do like in these trying times. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. We are uh, we are a partnership with WinBet on the podcast. We really appreciate them for that across all the Roto-Wire podcasts. Uh, if you can please rate or view the podcast, it helps helps us along a lot also. It helps people find the podcast, which is a really good thing. Uh, always, uh, if you enjoy listening to uh, to us or anybody on the road wire podcast, please leave us a bunch of stars. That would be very much appreciated. Uh, Jeff, we got uh, another day where it looks like uh, the baseball labor stuff is – not good so we're going to talk about some stuff about baseball we like but uh, more importantly how are you
2: i'm good except for this the the things that we don't like about baseball but uh i didn't have much hope i'm not really yeah. all that i mean it's like well okay this is it's the worst case scenario which was the more like the 90 percent likelihood scenario anyhow so okay moving on uh
1: yeah, we'll, I was we'll thinking maybe we had a care. maybe we had like a little miracle couple days in here to work stuff out, but I mean obviously we've talked about it a lot. I've been pretty pessimistic. It seems like if you believe any of the quotes and stuff today, and obviously you know take all those with a grain of salt, it seems like they are uh, they're pretty much deadlocked at a point where someone's going to have to someone's going to have to really kind of cave at some point, and um, I don't think that happens until you know someone starts to feel some some economic stress from this whole thing. Yeah,
2: I tried to wade in at one point today, and I was like, wait, what am I doing? Yeah, I um, just. You know, it is what it is. And moreover, I don't think I'm going to persuade anybody at this point yeah. in time. And I I got I, I should probably stop trying. It's just now it's almost like I'm, I'm living in my own little echo chamber. So I'm just we're going to focus on
1: players and focus on things we like about baseball. Right. Exactly, I agree. I mean, we got—we'll uh, have some announcements this week on maybe some more canceled games, and you and I have to decide on some live drafts and stuff. But obviously, uh, you know, small problems in the in the world. But it's—it's uh, it's been a frustrating few weeks. I think that uh, we all want baseball back, and I think the the argument on Twitter gets to be that I think everybody just wants the same result at some point. So, but uh, I agree with you—the back and forth and whose fault is this—is uh, you're not going to change anybody's mind at this point, right? Um, including mine. I mean, I'm just as guilty. I'll be honest. Yeah,
2: uh, I. Probably uh, uh, just as guilty as everybody else at just making up my mind on who's who's good, who's evil, what's right, what's wrong. It's not about fairness. It's about it's about uh, leverage. It's about this getting done. So,
1: yeah, I'm just going to move on and we're going to go from there. I, I am too. We're going to talk about some, some fun stuff at the top here. Then we're going to do a, uh, a big segment on mid round starting pitchers. I think as I, as I've started to do some drafts here and started to, you know, do a little more, uh, do a little more prep and all that. I've realized that that, that mid round starting pitcher is really important. I think everybody kind of likes the same aces and the, the top, you know, 20 pitchers are all, you know, everybody likes those guys. And Jeff just completely disappeared out of the room, but I'll keep talking. Uh, it's, it's kind of one of those ranges where, um, you know, we want to uh, we want to really find guys, and those are the, those are the ones that make differences in leagues. Those, uh, you know, everybody has their their one or two starters, but those those like three, four, five, and six guys, like finding the right guys versus the wrong guys. And there are wrong guys going to be in that range. There are always guys in that range that those 11, 12, twelfth, thirty rounds that blow up and you know cause uh, cause you a lot of ratio damage. Um, finding the right pitch in that range, especially this season, feels really important to me.
2: It does. It does. And I'm glad it, some of the names on this list we may have talked about a little bit here and there. Uh Some of them are guys I frequently am drafting, so oh, I'm, I'm hope hopefully these are guys that you are approving of, and they're not you're not just like talking about some of the guys like oh I overdrafted, but there uh, are
1: there that. are some of both on the list. So okay, uh, yeah. okay, um, I tried to pick guys that we hadn't fully like d- dove into yet. So if there's anybody that we fully did, I may have forgotten, but I tried to pick guys that we hadn't. Uh, fully done but let's do let's do some stuff on the top baseball has been rough lately um let's talk about some stuff we like we talked about a bunch of uh you know stadiums and players last week i want to talk a little more uh uh, start with the top, a little more media. We're going to do some movies and books, and then we're going to talk about uh, a situation where if you could pick uh, you know, what game you'd like to attend or a couple games you'd like to attend that's happened in your lifetime, uh, we're going to do that. I think it's going to be a fun one. I, have, uh, I, I thought about it way too much, so I think I have some good ones. But uh, yeah. let's start with movies. Movies are always a, a controversial baseball thing. Some people hate them. Some people love them. Some people love all of them. Some people hate some of them. Uh, where are you on your top, uh, your top uh, two or three baseball movies?
2: Um, I, I, I had a hard time because there's a lot of them. Uh, start off with Major League is my top one.
1: Uh, wow we agree on something that's pretty good
2: yeah uh i just i can watch anytime it's on i can watch it it probably couldn't be made today i still like it i still yeah. enjoy it um I, it's not even that great of a like the, the baseball players playing aspect of it isn't great right uh you know it's not some of that's not fully believable but i still like it nonetheless uh and so we're super, we're
1: super quotable too like yeah. there's just there's like 9 million quotes. I always mine are all my movies and books is and ever always like kind of personal experience. We had a we had a baseball practice kind of in the Dog days of baseball in high school. Our, my freshman year, it was like kind of raining and cold. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the part of the season where like let's just play games. No just want to practice. And our coach uh, drove up dro- 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 in his car. We're like, what's going on? Like, why is he why is he driving up rather than walk up the field? And he uh, he he told us we're all not having practice today. We're going to the like a student union kind of place. He'd run out a big TV and couches. We went all ma- watch Major League. So it's always a uh, oh, always it's awesome. always, always a good memory for me. Like that is that random Tuesday where like nobody wants to be out there and you love practicing, you love the game, but like it's just a uh, you know long day of school all that. So it was uh, one of those things stick with me and just a, a fun uh, a fun thing that always it boosted up a little bit for me it's my wife's favorite movie ever so we will end up watching a bunch so it's uh, oh,
0: I'm, nice.
1: uh I'm in agreement on number one they have the first i think it was the uh, only r-rated movie she was allowed to watch when she was growing up so it's uh i think it's a uh, held a special place for her we always we almost always watch the start of baseball season so uh hopefully we'll be able to watch it at some point in the next couple months
2: right and seeing the careers of some of the actors uh like you know wesley snipes before he really yep. blew up uh yeah, Dennis uh, Haysworth, uh Haysbert, yeah, Haysbert, Excuse me, before he before he became the president, yep, uh, and, and the Allstate guy. Uh, yep. You know he, you know the, they were awesome. There's a lot Char- of cool Charlie like Sheen that.
1: before he became Charlie Sheen.
2: Yeah, that's true. Another the other, one. He, the other he was still likable. Yes. Yeah, he
1: was still likable. Yeah, and it's yeah. not a bunch of those guys like the the guy yeah, Harris, the pitcher is. Uh, he's in like Hoosiers and but he's always like the kind of the angry older guy. That he's uh, he, he's good yeah. there. The manager's awesome. It's just uh it's a good one. What's that? Uh, what's second for you?
2: Bull Durham. Uh, I could watch that anytime. Yeah. Uh, you know, Costner, like he has a whole genre of baseball movies. I could just do a Kevin Costner category uh, pretty much. Uh, but give me Bull Durham over Field of Dreams and we won't even talk about Love of the Game. Uh, oh, but
1: not what We are going to talk about for Love of the Game.
2: OK, OK, that's fine. Um, I, I'm not a rom-com sort of guy. So I, yeah, I, not see, even... I'm,
1: a, I'm a rom-com movie and book person. It's, it's kind of sad
2: okay well hey we all have our things and that's that's fine uh I, I'm, this isn't a judging place so <laughs> that, that's fine uh but yeah i i i love bull durham i think er, there's so many good things about that that's also a bit of a rom-com by the way a little, I, bit,
1: and, a little bit yeah
2: yeah um i think it's i i just i like the whole the concept of like you know digging into the minor leagues uh digging into that aspect of it there too. Uh, what it's like for a, a town, like the b- ardent fans of a minor league team, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I think I Marshall did a uh, great job.
1: I worked in minor league baseball for summer and there's a lot of stuff that's really true in that movie. Like it yeah. is so small time. I've worked in major league baseball, I worked in minor league baseball. It's just so small time in comparison. It's just the differences are so, so vast. Like I remember uh, the GM and I built our batting cage at our, our stadium. Like that was, we we're like, Oh, we got a new, we got new equipment for batting cage. We're going to build that. So we went out and build that. He would like, I would hold the ladder. He would change the sign up on the, you know, who's poor who playing. Nice. They like, Legit, insanely dangerous. Like he's—he's he's like, I can't let you do it because I'm—you might get hurt and we might get sued. So I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Like way up on a ladder, it was just insanely stupid. And, but someone had to do it, and there's nobody there to do it, and it's not electronic. So it's uh, yeah, changing that marquee was tough, but it it, it 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 captures minor league baseball really well.
2: It does. It does. Who's your number two?
1: You know, finally, our Bull Durham's in there for me too. So I'm gonna skip it. I'm actually gonna go with uh, a more recent one. I'm gonna go with forty-two, which uh the Jackie Robinson movie. I. Uh, Not maybe the greatest movie ever, but I just enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. I thought Chadwick Boseman was really, really good in that part too. And it just, uh, a story that, you know, definitely needed to be told. And I thought they did a pretty good job of of telling it, you know, a a topic that's tough. Like some of that, some of the race stuff in there is really tough to hear and listen to. And obviously those actors that played some of those parts, like that's tough to, tough to play that role. But I thought they did a pretty good job kind of putting it all together. And I I, I enjoyed that one.
2: You want to hear something, uh, hear an admission? I do. You've never seen it. I have never seen Forty Two, and I don't know why. I was going to say there's probably not a particular reason. There is no particular reason why. Maybe it was just when it was out, but why didn't I watch it on Netflix? I'm gonna. That's a correctable error. Yeah. Which. Maybe I'll do this week uh, it is,
1: I, uh, it, it's really good. I mean, it, you, you're not you're not winning an Oscar for it. I'm but writing this uh, down. Watch
2: Forty Two.
0: There did you a, go.
1: It did a really good job, kind of putting it all together. And uh, yeah. you know, like I said, a tough topic, and they did a really good job putting it through. We got uh, we got a couple people here. Uh, Justin Mason is in the in the chat room. Matt Gibson also. They both uh, they both said uh, Moneyball. Uh, spoiler: alert, I'm going to save Moneyball for the next segment of this. Uh,
2: same, of this same. Yeah,
1: so, well, uh, I will say this: I did not enjoy the movie. I like the movie, but it's hard as an A's fan to really like the movie because they—it's just like there's so much left out. And it's—I I know they have to do drama for the movies and all that, but. Like Hudson, Mulder, and Zito weren't even in the movie, and like right. they just—they just, changed so much. Of I get it; they have to do it. They have to make it interesting to people who don't like baseball. But it was as an A's fan, it was hard for me to do. It's also hard for me as an A's fan to watch that they them you know play up that twenty game running streak, knowing they end up losing the playoffs. It's just oh, it's always tough for me. But uh, right, I, I thought Brad Pitt was good, but uh, yeah, I could, I could I could I could give or take. Them.
2: Yeah, I mean the, the whole like showing up
1: at Scott Hatterberg's house to try to sign him thing, it's just it's just
2: not how it works.
1: And uh, uh, the the first place being incredibly hard to play is a great is a great line though. There's the one it is, there. it is that's uh, good, but yeah, well, a lot Washington of it. holds up well in that one there, but yeah, a lot uh, of it's absurd. The the best part of that movie is that uh that Kansas, the 20th win of that streak, that Kansas City game, they were up 10 nothing And like the angst you feel from Billy Bean as they start to give away that lead is literally how I felt as a fan of the game. Cause like you wanted that 20 so bad and then the game was over. Hudson was on the mound. And all of a sudden, Mike Sweeney, Homers, and Jeff Tam came in and just got lit up. And it was just, you're like, you can't believe they're going to lose a 20 game win streak with a 10 run lead. Like the game was over. We we're kind of doing other things. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this game's not over yet. And all of a sudden, you got your ace on the mound and came back. But it was uh, it set up. It's one of those, that part of it was actually the, you know, Hadaberg's hitting home run seems very hollywoody but actually i said that game was it was, was kind of crazy yeah.
2: by the way so we're, we're already talking about the movie we might as well just talk we both have moneyball on yeah. our list on the
1: book so i do for sure yeah how cool is it that it was written about your favorite team it's great like i, I remember when it, came, when it was like the news was coming out michael lewis was writing the book i was like really about the a's and it was like it was just really cool to a read it as a baseball book but then as an a's fan it was it was awesome that was a that was a really fun era if i if i have a regret in baseball you know, as a fan, that that era team did not end up winning. That team was so good from like o one to o four. Oh no, 0-0 to o three. They lost in the ALDS all four years, all in Game right. Five, like every single one. They two of those they had. I think they had two o leads. I know they did at least one of them, but um, yeah, I think they did two Yankees and Red Sox. Um, but yeah, just like those were those were really good teams before Giambi left too. Those first couple teams were awesome. That that o one team was so good. It was just uh, disappointing they never made the step because now you have to hear the oh Billy Bean didn't win a World Series crap. You're know, like, well. He also had no budget and, you know, won 100 games a bunch of years in a row. But it's uh, it's tough. Yeah.
2: Um, third movie. Uh, let's move on because I know one native at least is getting restless. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hit that. But uh, third one, I had a tough choice. Uh, I mean, I, I could. there's a lot of them I wanted to do. But so I'm going to kind of cheat. I'm Please gonna do. Have, I'm going to name three here for my number three. All right. Eight men out. All right. Well done. Pride of the Yankees. If you want to uh, go old school. Old school. That is old school. Yeah. Although the ballet scene is imagine is like super duper duper long, um, and that, that's that's that, that's it could be like it could be ten seconds, and they stayed like two minutes, awkward minutes with them watching someone dancing in a ballet on a date. Um, and the natural, yeah. uh, I, I love the natural. Also, I mean, I could have gone so many different ways, but those are those are the three I, I wanted. I love
1: know. like the first forty-five minutes of the natural, and like the last thirty minutes. I think the middle kind of moves a little bit yeah, slow. Yeah, like a little. That last yeah. scene is that last scene's amazing. Like that's that an all-time movie. great scene. And I haven't seen that in over twenty years, so I should probably
2: give it a rewatch. Oh yeah, you should watch it's, it.
1: It's uh, again, it's slow in the middle, but like the beginning and the end, it, it they're, they're, it's really good. But I will say, I do have a soft spot for for love of the game. I know you made fun of it earlier. I definitely am probably a little more rom com than you are. Um, mm-hmm. I just think they piece it together with the way it's going to the first inning and the, it kind of builds with his life story and the and the game the baseball scenes are utterly absurd. The last out of that perfect game is the most ridiculous thing of all time. It's a chopper that he tips and the somehow the second baseman makes a diving catch up the middle and still throws a guy. It's, it's utterly insane. Like it's not really a baseball play, but, um, I don't know. I like uh, I'm a sucker for the uh, the fun story. I like the relationship with him and the him and the stepdaughter. So I'm uh, I'm a little soft. I admit that in both my uh, okay. both my my reading and my TV, my movies. But I, I do find I find that if like, that's on and it's halfway through, I find myself watching it and not not flipping off it. So that, that's a pretty good sign right there.
2: OK, very cool. Um, I would have also, you know, a couple other good mentions here. Uh, League of Their Own. Oh, nice. Anthony. call. Yep. Good call. Bingo Law Traveling All Stars. Oh, Summer catch. I've heard good things about summer catch. I haven't seen it. Um I'm guessing that's uh that's parody right there. Um <laughs> really, I thought I heard it was actually funny. It's
1: not great. Not it's great. not great. Okay. Well, if you I want to just... see bad bad baseball in a movie, Freddy Prince Jr. pretending to throw ninety five is a truly absurd. Movie. Right.
2: Well, I was just gonna say Trouble with the Curve is my I worst, Can't Stand movie. A horrendous
1: um, a horrendous movie all around.
2: Yeah. Worse worst baseball movie.
1: As uh, is sure. as are all the major league uh sequels.
2: Yeah uh matt gibson also mentioned sandlot classic I haven't seen sandlot either you have uh, not seen
1: sandlot how did you have two kids you guys never sat down and watched sandlot
2: i have two girls
1: uh, Still
2: don't have never even played softball let alone baseball and you know only aaron now is caring about baseball but Allie never has cared about baseball you and Aaron uh, should watch
1: sandlot then i was
2: just at a perfect time when i was it just i got middled yeah. on that one just like i haven't seen saved by the bell either uh just it was i was too old for it <laughs> yeah. and then no
1: so that's, that's, I don't fine. Love, I don't love sandlot as much as many people do, but it is a very fun watch. You guys would like it. Watch it with your daughter that kind of sort of likes baseball a little bit. She'll like it. Yep. Uh, books we mentioned, uh, we mentioned Moneyball uh, that was on both of our lists. Uh, give me another couple baseball books that you, uh, as we're waiting for games to start, maybe you're going to check out, or uh, you want people to check out and read that, you, that you've enjoyed.
2: Okay. So ball four automatic. You must read it at some point yep. in time in your life. Uh, and you could read like the all the other in- things that were inspired by Ball Four, like Bill Lee's mo- uh, book, uh, yep. Ron Luciano's "The Umpire Strikes Back," uh, "Umpire Strikes Out," all these. Uh, but uh, I like "Lords of the Realm." If you want to read about the history of labor negotiations, this is no. nothing new. I've definitely not read that one. You absolutely should, John right. um I mean, it, this shows that what's happening now is nothing new at all. I'm writing that time. To- yeah, Lords of the Realm. I can all give right. you my copy. Uh, right. it, I, I, it's absolutely worth a read. Um, Bill James. You know, you may know his ba- his online persona right now and not care for it, <laughs> uh, but Baseball Abstract was everything. It was eye-opening boom. Like, and everything he's written has been amazing. The Historical Baseball Abstract, incredible. Uh, all his books about the Hall of Fame, incredible. Uh, he, he's done – it's just – the original OG best baseball writer ever. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I got to mention baseball prospectus. Any of you know, especially the, you especially the early editions, I, I read them all. So many great writers uh, that, you know, and, and I know that's an annual, so it's kind of a cheat to say that, but I think it, it's worth mentioning.
1: So I was a little, I was a little different on mine. Uh, I'm going with the Ted Williams, the Science of Hitting book, which I literally could not put oh, down. That's a for good like, book. For like five book. years, I was playing little league. Like yeah. that, there's that one picture of like the zones, and it's like you could tell the hot zones. Like I'd never seen that before, and you know, swing with a little bit of an uppercut. Like it pretty much taught me how to swing and, and made me a better hitter. So I, I always go with that. Uh, more recently, the uh, the Joe Posnansky book, uh, the Baseball 100, I thought was really really well done, like insane in depth on the, on the yeah. top hundred players. Not top hundred in order, but the top hundred he mixes like he puts Joe DiMaggio at fifty six and Mariano at forty two. Just to, of course yeah. put their numbers there. But uh, very a lot of like Negro League players that I'd never read about. It was it was really informative in that regard. So that was out. I think there's not just this or just twenty twenty one, but a really good read, a long read, but a really good read. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a fiction book on you too, uh, the Art of Fielding by Chad Harbach, which came out about. Uh, five, six years ago, a story about a division, I think it's division two shortstop who has never made an error in his entire career. I don't know if you've read, I not have read the book or not, but really good. Um, he ends up making one error that kind of really changes the whole course of his life and a bunch of other people's lives at the same time. So it's uh, a really good book. It's, uh, you know, probably a little bit rom-com, I don't know rom-com, but a little, uh, little drama in there. But uh, it's a really good read that is mostly baseball based.
2: Yeah. Anthony brings up a good question. Do we still read books or do we listen to audiobooks? Here's another admission. Never done audiobook before.
1: Every book I have consumed has been read. I struggle with audiobooks. I find myself just zoning out. Like, I just, although, like, oh, I, I'll just be like, I don't know what I heard the last 20 minutes because I'm not, yeah, like, I can just. Like, it's like a podcast. It's in the background. You yeah, know? I guess you could do driving and you probably focus on a little more, but now that I don't really commute, I don't really do it. But uh, I do do only ebooks pretty much. I can't remember the last time I read a hardcover book, but uh, I do ebooks uh, pretty consistently and very regularly.
2: I'm old. I do actually books wow. i don't do e-books. some people some people love this some of books i, I love like going
1: to a bookstore
2: i love oh. going to a bookstore still. <laughs> if you can find
1: one sure yeah
2: yeah yeah there's uh the one in pasadena not too far from you Vromans.
1: Uh, Romans. yeah yep well, i've been there been there many times but there, two different are- Romans. too one in downtown and one out by hastings ranch yep there are uh, they are few and far between but we do have mm-hmm. a couple of good ones here but uh, yeah i'm uh i'm an ebook every night before bed kind of person so i'm uh, i'm always That's reading cool. something yeah so my other question for you before we get into some fantasy stuff, and I, I thought about this one a bunch. I thought it was a fun question. Um, if you could put yourself in the crowd for any major league game in your lifetime. So I don't want to do like, you know, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, Lou Garrett kind of stuff. But no, uh, I
2: didn't I missed the your lifetime
1: thing. Oh, you I can, I can you pivot can, still. You can. No, you can cheat. You can you could that you could cheat on that one. On. My only rule, though, is you can't involve your favorite team. Because yep. obviously we would just pick, like you'd pick the 90 Reds game four and we get in a fight about that and it would just be a long discussion. Um, what game? What games would it be? I thought about this one a bunch and I really came up, I came up with my top three, but I'm going to go to you first and see see where you went with there. Okay. Uh, i curious if we have anything to say.
2: Uh, two historicals I got to right. go to first. Babe Ruth called shot against the Cubs. I would love to see if he actually called it. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Uh, any perfecto, but preferably Don Larson's. Yeah. Uh, I just, but... Uh, I'll give you three current ones though. Okay. Mets Astros eighty six.
1: Oh, great! And game. the p-
2: playoffs there, insane game, just insane. So many twists and turns in that one Billy, there. Billy
1: Hatcher off the foul pole.
2: Yep, exactly. exactly. um Bucky Dent.
1: Oh, good. Call. Even
2: though I am not a, a Yankees fan, well, that's yep. the whole point. It can't be a team where fans yep. I mean, that was that was just such a wild game. Yep. And goofy. Here's a goofy one: the George Brett pintar game. Oh, I would love to have seen that one, although the be frustrated because it didn't end, but right. or ended weird, but um, and it didn't count. But uh, those are three.
1: Those are, those are good ones. So I, when I was thinking this, my, my thought was like, yeah, perfect games and historical stuff was cool, but I, I ended up going with playoff games because I think that uh, mm-hmm. they, they, obviously more important. I also thought that as I went through it, it had to be the home team for me. It have to be the home team winning the game because it's just like at a different level of like excitement and all that for the home team sure. in the game. Um, so my three, I came out. The first one I came out was the Buckner game. I think that uh, at Shea Stadium that would be just an absurd game, and that game was over. They had nobody on. That was an two
2: insane outs. game.
1: Nobody on two. I if you all remember the Buckner thing and the wild pitch and all that, but like they had the, the game was over. They had nobody on in two outs, yep. and that series was over. And to come back on that, and especially against Boston, like you know, Boston had one and. At that point, it was eighty something years, but uh, that game would have been insane to be at. Yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a New York crowd person always, but New York crowds when stuff's going well are you know kind of a step up from every other crowd. Mm-hmm. I just I, I I'm an, I'm a West Coast fan, but I have to admit that when you're at Yankee Stadium or someone like that and something happens, it's a great place to be at. Kind of leads into my second one, which is 2001 World Series Game Four, yeah, in Yankee Stadium. That game was over. Or
2: young Hung Kim. Game was over too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was over, too uh,
1: the Diamondbacks are up two up to one in the series and the two outs and Tino hits the home run uh, and but you had the added stuff of, not, of right after 9/11 like that yeah, was a uh-huh. year where you know people had trouble rooting against the Yankees and that crowd was even especially ramped up uh, Tino hits the home run then Jeter goes walk, walk off as as it strikes November like just a unbelievable one of those games like you could be at would just be amazing in, in a Yankees crowd yeah. and my third one is, is not New York I promise not to do thought of New York would be uh, 1991 World Series game seven uh, twins, twins, Braves, twins, yeah. Braves. Uh, I think so. I think that's even more ramped up because the game six the night before was the Kirby walk off and everybody's so ramped up for that game. When you have the game before, it's crazy. You get into that game seven and then to go 10 innings, nobody scores. Jack Morris, just going out there, pitching pitching his, pitching his butt off and you get the walk off. And there was the metronome was a terrible place to watch baseball. But in playoff games that place was beyond loud and that yeah. they were I mean they were nuts they they didn't they won they went 8-0 in their in their 8 world series games in 87 91 at home and they just started, it was a huge home field advantage
2: Oh yeah yeah they had the hefty bags out yeah. there but all that uh, John Smoltz pitching his nuts off charlie yep. Leibrandt having a great world series people don't remember that um if you wanted to go 2001 also you could do the piazza first game after uh, that one too it would have been amazing yeah I remember uh, watching
1: that game and being yeah. like this is unbelievable to watch on TV so I can't imagine being there yeah
2: but I I, I need you to recognize that I could have done something to you very cruel uh, and all are, you and go, go, are you gonna go are you gonna go you're gonna
1: go 88 game one I'm, I could have just out of and i
2: did that out of consideration for you i didn't name that as one of my three
1: i do appreciate that i think that's kind of a given that that's the top one like if you're uh to be at that game although you know half the place was leaving before the home run i
2: would have been one of those headlights no no, i I never leave games early let alone a playoff game for crying out loud but yeah uh,
1: no i i appreciate that but i understand that on the top of the list everybody would be 88 game one i mean that was just a an impossible moment. I do understand that fully. I wasn't allowed to say it because it involved my favorite team, but I, I appreciate I appreciate your generosity there.
2: Yes, yes, um, and that's why I couldn't mention '75 World Series. Carlton Fisk. Appreciate you not oh, mentioning that. See, hey. There you go. We're even. Uh, I
1: was. Oh, I was born then too. I, I was, was
2: four. So I was
1: four months. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. I do vaguely
2: remember '76 because my parents were at a game uh, that year. I was going to uh, ask
1: you what is like the first like real baseball memory. You've that's been? it. '76 that. World
2: Series. Johnny Bench versus Thurman Munson. Supposedly, that was the debate. The the Riverfront Stadium had a scoreboard thing flashing Thurman who something like that, and they scored from first base on somebody's single, (laughs) but then Bench homered and the Red swept. So it was pretty cool. Uh, But I. Only barely remember that. I remember Foster the next year going nuts. Did they win? Uh, they won
1: two with that team, right?
2: Yeah, they should. They and they should have won so many more. Uh, but early in the '70s, they kept on coming up small in the World Series or yeah. just running into something. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was '76 was the culmination, and then Tony Perez uh, was gone after that. Uh, got traded, you know. He, they, I think they let him walk via free agency, or if it was, it was a very underwhelming trade. I think it was an underwhelming trade. I don't think free, you know, but regardless, the, the team broke up. They said, We got Danny Dreeson. He's just as good. <laughs> uh, that was unfair to Danny Dreeson, who was a good player, right? But not just as good.
1: Yeah. I, mine is like kind of like 80 81 in there when the A's had Ricky Henderson. I can remember like going to games, sitting in the mm-hmm. outfield, and um, I could, we went to the 81 playoffs of the year. They had like the, split seasons where they had to the strike stuff. And they. Mm-hmm. I remember that when I mean, we went to the Yankees, they, they lost the Yankees and a center like dropped a fly ball to lose the game. I'm 2nd so I kind of remember that, but yeah, 80, all the, the Ricky Henderson stuff is kind of when I really started to get into it. I can remember going to games and stuff, but yeah, uh, well, Good stuff. I see. I, I, I know everybody wants to talk about fantasy, but I like talking about uh, some of the, some of the great moments. And it's fun that, you know, baseball's uh, nothing on baseball. Twitter is good right now. So I figured a, uh, a few minutes talking about some good stuff and good memories would be a, a good way to, uh, to break into the start of the uh,
2: Judging by the responses in the chat yeah. and, and Twitter, I think we struck a chord. So
1: I'm, yeah, I'm happy I, think, to it's, with I think it's fun. I think people are, you know, tired of hearing about the, the back and forth and when it's going to get settled, it's going to get settled. And there's not much you and I could do about it. Unfortunately. Correct. Uh, so let's jump into some fantasy stuff. I want to start with some nudes and notes, but first a note from our sponsors at WinBet. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor of Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, line Bets, Boosted Parlays, over-unders, round-robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. You want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. Jeff, I wanted to hit a few news and notes, nothing real major. Obviously we don't have a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff now. That, that's what makes it tough. We don't have a lot of good injury yeah. news, but as stuff kind of starts to leak out and players do some interviews and like Mac, I want to talk about Max Muncy first. He was on, uh, he's done some interviews talking about how he's ready for opening day. And there was a quote, like he hasn't started swinging yet. Um, how do you feel about you're doing some drafts? I'm doing some drafts. How do you feel about Muncy right now? Obviously a guy who had a really good year last year, but had the injury in the, in the playoffs. And now we just kind of don't know what's going on.
2: Yeah. I posted that update. Um, but i didn't listen to the full podcast i read a summarization of the podcast so probably could listen to it closer but yeah we're about to start swinging is basically what he said and which although not, that, not
1: which is if that's true not great after 6 months
2: right but 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 um he's the the thing i linked to was something that talked about a podcast that happened at least a week before that so he may have already been swinging by okay. now for all we know um but yeah i was already staying off of him uh i
1: Staying off him because you're not sure he's gonna be ready, you're worried about power power coming back, both of those? Uh
2: both, but more the first. All right. The former than the but you know, obviously, yeah, there's a difference between being back and being back. Um, so yeah. Um, all around, I'm just I'm worried. Uh I, I think it's a pretty significant injury, and I think I'd rather take my chances elsewhere where he's going.
1: And it's tough because in a regular year, we'd like, we'd know by now. Like, they would have had spring training. They would have been there for two weeks. We would know if he's swinging or not. We would know how we have so many stories. And, um, you know, some people are going to get the benefits of some of these injuries, guys that we just don't know about. Some people are going to get hurt by him. But uh, I almost took Muncie and TGFBI. It was probably, uh, I I think it would have been my my next pick. And he went a couple picks before me. I just, I mean, I like the second base eligibility a lot with the, I mean, he's got 35 plus home runs in all three of his last full seasons. I mean, the guy's really good. And I don't think you disagree with that. It's just a matter of, um, I'd be worried about the fact that uh, there are these reports out there and I just, we just don't know. And I hate picking guys. I just don't know about. Yeah, for sure. Same kind of ballpark as Anthony Rendon. Uh, There was a quote. It's hard to tell. I actually read this whole story um, pretty much that he's going to be good to go once the season picks up. And you could read that as he wouldn't have been ready if we had started on time, or you could pick that up as he would have been ready at any time. But uh, yeah, I kind of like Rendon as a, as a bounce back guy. I am a little worried, you know, that the hip injury is one that uh, I don't really love uh, normally, but um, this guy was thirty four, one twenty six in twenty nineteen. Has been a rough couple of years. The Angels, I guess twenty twenty was twenty twenty was pretty decent. Twenty twenty one was obviously a, a big disaster for him. Six home runs, hit two forty, uh, and then had the injury. But uh, where are you on Rendon right now? Uh, coming back, thinking that I, I. It sounds like he'll be ready whenever we do start up games.
2: Uh, I'm willing to take the, the uh,
1: discount on him.
2: I think it's reasonably priced. Uh, let me pull up the latest on him and see to quantify uh, that because you know, it's easy to in, say.
1: I took him at TGFBI at uh, the start of the eighth round.
2: Yeah. Um, that's uh, pick what? 106, 107 for you? Good math. Yep. Yeah. Cause you're team 14. So, I'm team yes, 14, yes. 14, so it's 8.2. Yeah. That, I mean, that's commensurate with his price. Uh, his ADP from February 1st is 107. Uh, average pick, at least. I don't know about average rank, but that's third baseman number nine. I had, and I
1: had I had one seventeen, but I just did the last month, so yeah, you know, I mean, close enough. But in that range,
2: yeah, and that's that's number that's third baseman number nine. I take him after Bryant. That makes sense. Uh, after Bregman, I did take Bregman as my take a chance guy in TGFBI. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he's right there with Lemayhew. I think that's probably fine. I think I might slightly prefer Lemayhew just because of the three positions. I think that that gives him a little added bump. I mean, I think Rendon is a better pure hitter, yeah. but Lemahieu might run a little bit. Justin, by the way, says uh, that it's, uh, in, in TGFBI it's one ten, so, yeah, so kind of split yo- the
1: difference between our two, yeah. Yeah, and yogurt you got him about value. I mean, you weren't getting him later, um, so I uh, I take I, I agree with you. I go Bregman before him, but I actually take him before Bryant and definitely before Lemahieu.
2: Okay, that's fine. I just, I mean, you know, you're getting zero speed, completely zero utter of zero speed. So as long as you're cool with that, you're, I think Rendon also just benefits a lot from his line, his teammates being healthy around him. Right. You get a healthy trout and a healthy Otani next to him and Adele does something and Marsh does something. All of a sudden you got yourself a stew uh, and he's going to get lots of counting stats.
1: See, I got that reference. That was Thank good you. On that there. Thank you. Arrested development. So good. Yeah um Sixto Sanchez was already was uh, one of my favorite guys last year before he got hurt was a full cross-off for me in every possible way this year but with the news came out this week um it's just a shame but I, it's it, sure, it certainly sounds like we're not gonna see Sixto anytime soon
2: fun fact I spent a ninth round pick on him in one of my two mains last year
1: uh fun fact I did also it did not uh, did not go <laughs> well he did not he did not earn value at that pick
2: yes narrator he did uh, not cash <laughs> in that league <laughs> fell short by two points but that's all right yes that Other people made nine, mistakes that, too.
1: Not like that 9 round pick could have helped you with a couple of points here. No. Nah. Um, Shane Bieber is another guy that uh, I people have been drafting. Assume he's going to be a hundred percent, but he came out uh, this week, did say he is a hundred percent. He's ready to go. Um, does that, uh, does him saying that affect your valuation of him at all? Or do you just expect him to say that anyway?
2: I expect him to say that anyway. I, I, I'd be more, you know, I, I think it's only noteworthy if he says, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I'm like, whoop, whoop. but then again, I'm also not taking him where he goes. So, for whatever. Now,
1: here's my follow up: Is if it, are you taking him uh, where he does go? You said you're not.
2: No, I haven't been, and I only think he's going to go higher. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of those. Especially, again, we we're very NFBC centric here, and we're main event centric on top of that. Yeah. Uh I think he'll go in the second round by the time we get to the main, and I just won't be there for that.
1: I do too. His ADP in, in draft champions is about 32 over the last month, so I agree with you. I think he, I think we're looking at like a 26, 27. Um, I think he's probably right after DeGrom and before Nola somewhere in there. And he's probably that, uh, after that, that first tier goes, then DeGrom goes, I think you, I think you're looking at, uh, Bieber and Nola probably late in the second round in most drafts.
2: Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah.
1: Uh, last one I wanted to know is an interesting one. Uh, Sia Suzuki coming over from Japan. Obviously, has not been able to sign with a major league team based on what's going on. Um, I kind of thought a month ago, like maybe he'd be like, screw you guys, I'm just going to go play another year and not going to wait for what you, what you guys are doing. But it sounds like, from quotes from his agent, uh, that it sounds like he's kind of waiting for major league baseball. He really wants to come over. Um, good news if you drafted him, because I, I really thought there going to be a point here, and by now he'd be like, I'm just going to go play and you guys might not figure this out for two months. I'm not going to waste a year, uh, you know, waiting for this. But uh, it certainly sounds like he's pretty committed to coming to the U.S.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll see if they if what happens when it gets into June. True. Um but when does and,
1: and, does the the Japan League is fairly consistent schedule with the U.S. Right?
2: Probably is. I think it runs a little later. Okay, I think uh, it, yeah.
1: Because KBO starts a little bit earlier for my member during yep. COVID. But yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. I will acknowledge that I don't know the start date, uh, but he's got to.
1: He probably has to decide. I mean, I guess he could pick get back with the Japanese team mid-season, but I would think if he wants to play a full season, he's got to decide pretty quick.
2: Yeah, at least if he wants to get the contract, he wants to get yeah right. and all that. Uh, a lot of sharps are are in on him uh, for whatever it's worth. Jeff Zimmerman got him in our first pitch Arizona Speakers League. Uh, every time I've seen him go in leagues where I'm in, I'm kind of like, yeah, I probably, I kind of, I'm kind of interested in him, right? And I was just like around late, you know. I guess I'm not. And that's one of those things you say you're interested, but it's like saying, like, we are second place in offering this contract to this guy that's that signed elsewhere. You, I'm, right. I guess I really wasn't that interested in him,
1: of course. Yeah, I mean, um, 30, 38 home runs last year in the uh, in the Japanese league, hit 317, had nine steals, also a 433, 433 OBP. I mean, I, I, who you never know how stats transfer over some guys do really well some guys don't um you know there's a lot that goes into that but uh, the stats from the from the japanese or, league are certainly there for for many years here he's been a big home run hitter for many years there
2: yeah he has he's not gonna run a whole lot i don't think
1: but yeah, he hit 25 in 2019.
2: i know i know but he's you're he, right but
1: it's only, it's only nine uh, line last year and he's what is he how old is he he's 30 he's 20 oh he's only 27. yeah you know, still could be i, I think you might get you might get 10 or 12 something like that yeah I guess i,
2: I I'm buying, I'm hearing too many of the Matsui uh, comparisons yeah. and again
1: he's, he's much smaller than that, but I guess the power is probably similar in Japan
2: yeah. But then yeah, I don't know how it translates. I don't know how yeah. his ballpark is. I, I should probably learn a little bit more about that. Well, that's and we
1: don't know, and we don't know who he's gonna play for, too, which is obviously a huge factor in how his ballpark plays here. So it's it's tough. Um I think he's a guy that's uh, as we see him sign somewhere, more, we'll, we'll move up in, in drafts. So I think the the power with the with the touch speed and some batting average is an interesting combo that people are gonna want to be in on and wanna be wanna be first in on. It. And I, I think he's gonna move up as we get to uh, as we if we have uh, you know drafts in main event. I think as, as he signs, as long as he signs mm-hmm. somewhere decent. Um, sounding like maybe boston maybe san francisco something maybe seattle the three names that i heard but uh it's uh, i think he moves up a little bit
2: yeah i think he probably does too
1: cool well those are all those i just wanted to hit on a few of those just because there we had a a a little sprinkling of news this week but i want to get into mid-range or mid-round i guess we call them starting pitchers i kind of went uh adp 125 to 300 so it's a big range but like in a 12 teamer that's you know the 10th round after and you know maybe going to about the 20 22nd round somewhere in there but uh, like we said you know you, you have your first two starters maybe you you're one you're trying to strategize you want to go with starters as i got into this range um i became a little more comfortable with maybe not having to have you know three starters in the first 10 rounds or something like that i think I can get some of these guys i do like later um but uh starting at the top let's start with an a's player uh, why, sean not? Man- why not and the second one's a reds player too which is even funnier yes um, sean Manaya is uh, about adp 130 in drafts over the last month um, solid 2021, uh, 3.91 ERA, 1.23 WHIP. Uh, the K's bumped up to about 25.7%. Most, uh, most except for that short 2019 where he was just he just pitched only in September. Uh, the walks are good. His xFIP was good. Uh, dropped his hard hit rate. ERA is a bit high, but he did a lot of good things. His velo ticked up a little bit, which is probably the most important thing to me. Like he's a different guy. He is at 89 and 92. Um, he was at 90.4 in 2020. You could tell a difference from from 2020 to 2021. Um, where are you on Mania? Because if feels pretty fully priced to me at 130. I was a little surprised when I kind of first looked at ADP. I thought maybe he'd be like a 150-160 guys, a little bit higher than I thought he'd be. Fully
2: priced and rising and I might still be okay with it. Okay. Uh he might be traded. That possibility. I yeah, mean, he's sure. certainly marketable. He's someone that he, he's someone that other teams would definitely want and pay a decent amount in prospects for, I would think. Yep. Uh Then it kind of depends on where he lands, obviously, because I think he does benefit from being in Oakland. Uh, I like him, though. I do like him. Uh, You know, I give him, you know, if he goes to a a team that's projected to win more games, I'm going to bump him a couple more wins in my projection. You know, um, yeah, I I think this is I don't have a whole lot of strong things to say, except I I, I think you kind of much covered it there. Uh, Home run rate was a little high last year even though the K's were up too. So, I mean, is that the trade off? I'll take it if so.
1: Yeah. And, and the swinging strike rate spiked, which is good to see 12.3%, which is a career high. You look at his stat cage, cat, stat cast page. It's not great. Um, you know, only the K percentage and walk percentage are really strong. And uh, he's just kind of, but Oak, I think Oakland pitching in Oakland helps him a lot. So for me, it would depend if he got traded where it would be. I mean, he benefits a lot from, from. I mean, the A's defense was good up until late, late last year, but they have a lot of good defensive players before that. But uh, I'm kind of okay at the price too. Not someone I'm targeting, but not someone I'm like, oh, I don't want that. Like, I think if I'm in a spot and I need a pitcher, I'll look at a few guys, and he's definitely one of them that I'm looking at in the spot. Yeah. Um, before we get to your Reds guy, a quick note from our sponsors at Thrive. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your free RotoWire subscription. Visit rotowire.com thrive. Deposit a of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. So Jeff, we're gonna go to your your team here. We're gonna go to Cincinnati. Uh, Tyler Molly ADP is about one thirty four. Right after Sean Manaya, strong 2021, uh, 375 ERA, one point two three up in one hundred eighty innings. Uh, I'll let you talk on on Molly. You're the you're the Reds guy. Where are you uh, on him with the price?
2: I like the durability. There's strikeouts there to be had. K percentage did drop from like nearly thirty percent to twenty seven point seven last year. Did walk fewer. These are good things. But walk fewer is still almost nine percent. Yeah, it's, it's still a pretty decent walk rate. The thing that gets me though with Molly and that, why I'm not high on Molly is that the, the home ball park, he's getting yeah. crushed in Great American. I hate using pitchers that I can't use at home. And I think this is a real thing in Great American. I don't, you know, nibble, nibble, bomb, nibble, nibble, bomb. I don't yeah. want that. Uh,
1: you know, especially in the ninth round, you got to be able to throw your ninth rounder at home games.
2: Yeah. And that, that's exactly right. And, you know, opposing hitters went 270, 344, 511 against him in Great American, 19 homers in Great American. I, I it, it could be a little, little bit of a ball, you know, sample size fluke for sure. And then maybe there's another level. Remember, he wasn't full time in the rotation until really 2020. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he, there could be another layer of growth there, but I feel like it's already priced in and maybe not completely priced in because really priced in would be, you know, Top five rounds or six rounds or something like that. But I need him to be at best my number three. And I kind of even uncomfortable with that. Give me Manaya over him. Okay. Give me the next guy on our list over him, uh, which is Luis Garcia. You know, looking ADP wise, others that I probably like better than Molly, I'd like Zach gallon better. I like Avaldi better. I like Chris Bassett better. Uh, I, I, all these guys I take over Molly. Framber Valdez, I think I would also take two. Shane Baz, Pro- Baz, I probably would too.
1: Okay. Yeah, so you're probably not getting that because you're going to take somebody else that you're right in that range. Um, I do like the fact that he has three pitches that all all get to swings and miss. He had a 25% or, or, or higher whiff rate on three different pitches, up to 32% on his splitter. Do um, the splitter a little bit more in 2021. I like to see that. So it seems to be a really good strikeout pitch for him. But yeah, as I looked at it, like the stat cash profile is nice. There's a lot of red on that screen, but I, I kind of came in the same area. You, may, I may like him a little bit more, but uh, I just... The Great American Ballpark yeah. thing worries me. There's a lot of home run issues, and, you know, that, uh, that just scares me. He bumped up his ground ball rate a little bit from 2021. It was really bad in 2020. Um, so he helped that a little bit, and, you know, you want more ground balls pitching there. But, uh, yeah, I just think he gets hurt by the ballpark too. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the next guy on the list, Luis Garcia. ADP is about one forty-three. He made twenty-eight starts in twenty twenty-one. Three point four eighty ERA, 1.18 WHIP. Uh, K rate was twenty-six point four percent. I think the best thing about uh, Garcia's season last year was the, the drop in the walk rate. It's still eight yeah. percent, but that was lower than any season the minors too. Like that was not. It's not like he's a you know low walks the minors. They kind of bumped up when he first came up and then went back down. Like he was a walk. He had a walk issue in the minors, so I like to see if that came down. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he was, uh, he was, he, he only pitched 12 innings in 2020. One of those guys that we just don't know what he did in 2020. We assume he's pitching the alternate side somewhere we don't know. But um, 2019, he was only an A ball and double A, or in high A. He was really, really good at that levels. So, um, swing strike rate 13.4%. Love that. Um, doesn't throw super, super hard, but his cutter and slider both had whiff rates over 40%. The changeup was 39%. You give me a guy with three pitches over 39% whiff, rate. Right? I know I'm going to get strikeouts. I might even get more strikeouts than we had last year. Um, the fastball got hit hard. It's kind of the one weakness we've got here. But uh, I, I really like Luis Garcia in this range.
2: I do too. I, I'm a little – I thought I'd get him at a cheaper price. Uh, but everybody can see it's. Every, everybody can see the same things that we see. Yeah. Everybody digs in the same numbers we dig into. Uh, our but the ADP is still kind of where it is so far at least friend of the show Yancey Eaton was talking about everybody having the same sleeper because we don't read each other stuff yeah. and it's true, but we all read the same things to get to our conclusions. So, sure. you know, and that, that's, that's, you yeah. know, he's not a sleeper anymore, but he's still okay. I'm still okay with that. I like that. He added velocity in the playoffs. Yeah. I'd be concerned about durability. I mean, I think that might be a slight concern. The Astros, you know, they didn't use him much in 2020. He ended up throwing 155 regular season innings and he was their most durable guy in the playoffs. Uh, he and Framber, I guess. Uh, but so you're talking about someone that you're paying full price for, and you're kind of hoping he's past this injury nexus. That would be my concern. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm also going to be. This is one of those appeal to authority situations. Buy Astros pitchers, buy Rays pitchers, yep. buy Brewers pitchers. Um, maybe Blue Jays. Although I think as Fred and I were talking about, that might be kind of buy blue jays pitchers i'm not quite 100 there but i do like pete walker as a pitching coach uh so i don't i like getting framber i like getting like christian javier late you know i likes you know the only one i'm probably not paying full price for and nobody is now because of the latest news is lance mccullers but i wasn't paying sticker price on him
1: yeah that start that garcia had against i think it was boston in the playoffs in the lcs game six like five 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 and two thirds one hit one walk seven k's um awesome performance in in a, in a huge spot there. Uh would you go Garcia or Manaya cuz I think it seems like we probably take them both over Molly. Which one do you take between there?
0: Uh, in Garcia, that range you'd to that probably. Call. Yeah. But
1: I'd like I wouldn't mind getting both of them. Yeah. Um so I think I go I think I go Garcia a little bit too. Yeah. Um so we talk about sleepers and everybody likes the same sleepers. The next guy we're going to talk about is a sleeper. I don't even a sleeper. Everybody knows about him, but someone somebody likes that I actually don't is uh, is Logan Gilbert. His ADP is uh, 150. Um, obviously, he was really good in the minors in 2019. Another guy that 2020 kind of got lost. I uh, made 24 starts at the Mariners last year. 4.6 area, but 1.17 whip. Good number there. 14th overall pick in 2018. So we got a big prospect, pedigree guy. Uh, good K to walk uh, K K rate was twenty five percent. Walk rate's nice at five point six percent. You love that in the first year up in the minors. Nice swinging strike rate at twelve point four percent. But uh, before I kind of give you my concerns, what uh, where are you on, are you on Gilbert at the price about one fifty? No, I don't think I've gotten
2: him yet. Um, I I, I kind of want to see another year. I mean, I could be missing out. I, I, I rapidly acknowledge that going from twenty four starts to the next level thirty starts. Yeah. I worry about that a little bit, uh, but yeah, he could be a good whip guy. I mean, that is possible. I love the lack of walks. I like that. He doesn't nibble I'd like to see maybe, you know, a few, I, I, the, the fly balls scare me. The fact he pitches in Seattle helps with that a little bit, but he might also get seen around a few more times too. So yeah, I, I, I don't put him in the same level here. I'm more like, I need to be like around 175, 180 before I plunk down on him.
1: The one thing I think that could change it for me is if uh, if he throws his changeup more. His changeup was really good last year. He only threw it 8% of the time, but 52% whiff rate. It was a really effective pitch. His whiff rate and slider is good. The big problem with me is I just I just don't love at this price. I, I think he's got a lot of upside, but I just don't like the price. I don't like the hard hit. Con- I don't like the hard hit rate. 44.6% puts about the 11th percentile last year. Mm-hmm. 9% rate. I think he just give too much hard contact in this range for me. Um, yeah. I think I'm like you. I think I probably need to see one more year. It's, it's probably too late at that point. His end of year was really nice. He had a 2-7 um, ERA in August. I think he had a few hiccups after that, but he had, he had a pretty good run. I guess that was his, his end of the year. He had a pretty good run of starts there where he seemed to kind of finally – because he, he got called up and it was a little bit rough. To begin with, but uh, I just think I like other guys more. I would definitely go Luis Garcia ahead of him, and that's only seven picks of ADP difference. So I'm probably not going to end up with Gilbert, um, at the price. If he dropped a little bit, I'd be interested, but uh, at, at ADP 150, I'm not paying the price this year. I'd agree. Um, next guy is someone I'm definitely not in the price. A lot of people are at pick 188 ADP is uh, a in uh in Detroit. Uh, he made 29 starts last year, 4.34 ERA, 1.6, 1.26 whip. Uh, K rate was good, 26%. Uh, he was even higher than that in the minors. Uh, walk rate was uh, 7.4%, pretty workable there. Um, I worry a ton here about his, his hard contact. He gave up uh, 2.1 home runs per nine, he gave 35 home runs last year in his 29 starts. Um, hard hit rate's 45.1%. Barrel is 13.9%. That puts him in the first percentile, I believe, in barrel rate last year, which is not good. You look at his stat page, He's under the 10th percentile in hard hit rate, X WOBA, X X Slug, barrel rate, and uh and there's a three, uh, and chase rate. Like under 10 percentile in all six of those categories. Like it's a lot. You always see like guys maybe struggle one thing here or there. That's a lot of things he's struggling on. It, 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 at the ADP of 188, there's just a lot of guys this range. I prefer a lot more than school.
2: So it's funny. Um, because we're gonna disagree on this one here. Oh, good. Uh, no. all the damage happened on one pitch. Uh, it was his four-seamer, and yep. I think this is a pitch-mix a pitch, mix, pitch mix issue. I think this is a growth issue where you go where the puck is moving, not where it's been. Yep. Uh, I know where you're going to use that phrase. I use that phrase. I'm stealing it from Liz, and I'm kind of he, – he's not on the radio anymore, so I get to use that phrase all the time now. I like it. Uh, I uh, but he's got Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. A better framer, better pitch caller, just – a better catcher all around. I think that's going to work wonders with him. I think he's just going to grow up a little bit more and learn how to pitch, use that pitch more effectively, locate it better. I think there's going to be improvement across the board. It is projecting, it is yep. not seeing what has happened. However, he misses bats so much. I went, I, I, I get to use this reference one more time. I did Matt Williams's two ter- turn two podcast where we did AL Central players, and I wanted to tell him. I even told him I think he's getting overdrafted. And then I dug in a little bit more on him, and I like him more now. Uh, i love the k percentage i love the k minus walk percentage keep in mind they had the governor switch on him a little bit last year they pulled him like artificially a lot of times At you know, pay, you know a lot of times they would just pull pull the trigger and like take him out after 20 batters faced that was his limit didn't matter what stage of the game that they're in um things of that nature and that's not going to happen at least i don't think it is detroit's actively trying to win this year yeah and so i think that's going to be a little bit different there too they got a better defender at shortstop and hobby bias. They had a horrible shortstop situation last year. So I think that's going to improve. Uh there's some wish casting here. I picked him at pick 190 in
1: labor. Wow. Uh, and I think there's still room for profit at that price. So so ADP is about 190. Is this someone that you're actively pushing up a, a, a round or two? Or is it something that you're like, if I get the AP, I'm fine snagging him there? Or how uh, how more, more are you? More than the latter, to... but yep. I, I'm not
2: taking them at 150 yet. Okay. I, I take all the guys. Maybe, my, maybe not Molly, but I will take all the guys we've discussed so far. I think Gilbert versus Scooball is, is a tough call for me. Let's put it that way. I take Manaya over him definitely. I take any yeah, Garcia over him definitely. Uh, I probably take Molly over him actually too. But Gilbert, I probably I think that's that's where it's a toss up for me. Uh, that's and uh, I, it's I, I think it's like, a team on the rise too.
1: I like when we disagree. That's good. That makes for good stuff. I wouldn't take him at pick two twenty five.
2: Okay that and that's okay because yeah. one of these days we're going to get paired up in the same main again and it's going to be terrible <laughs>
1: that's, that's, that's not, we have to just try to avoid that just uh, just we'll go different different days or something yeah i know we're always there at the same time so it could happen it's just a uh if there's, hopefully more drafts uh less percentage has to have having... we, we we we're up we're in the first two years together i think
2: not the first two but two of the first three i'm pretty okay. sure i knew there was uh, i knew there was
1: two in there for sure
2: there was one year where I was pitching on the, uh, I was picking on the wheel. Um, and I think that was the year that you finished like way high. I was,
1: uh, uh, I was, I, I think I was leading like in August 1st. and I finished like 11th.
0: Yep. I was the uh, uh, Joe Mauer was, year. I oh, did that, get Joe Mauer remember, right that year.
1: That was my, that was my Brendan Webb year where I finished 11th overall in the fourth round. I was between uh, Webb and Roy Halliday, and it was like 50, 50. Mm-hmm. And I kind of took it to the end, made a less. call. I think Halliday won the Cy Young and Webb made uh, through four innings.
2: Yeah, yeah, we all remember the what went wrong is not the what went right. You had Nelson yeah. Cruz that year too, and that went just fine. So I had
1: Nelson Cruz at the at the at the uh, at the min pick in the main event too, and it was still beautiful. Yeah, I remember I was in the middle, and there was no way I was letting him get back around because that was my that was my pick that year, and it was a uh, it worked out nice. That was a that was a funny. I, I got to, it was Kershaw's second year. I got him late. Got Kazmir, and I had two closers that each saved like forty forty plus games. I never I never made a bid on a closer or had to use a third closer the entire year. Oh. It was uh, Joe. I think it was Joe. Joe Nathan and Heath Bell, if I remember, but uh, never even thought about a, a third closer the entire season. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was. One, it, it never works out that way, but when it does, it's it is it is so nice. So yeah. We appreciate all the comments come in. Uh, Matt Gibson said he got Scuful at two twenty nine, two thirty four. That's the that's the I, for me. That's the point I'm taking. I said it wouldn't at two twenty five. That's about the range I take him. Uh, obviously, Jeff would take him before that. Um, Logan is your fifth starter. Sure, if you can get that, Logan uh, Logan Gilbert your sixth fifth starter. But I mean, that's pick one fifty. Means you're taking five five starters in the first eleven rounds. Um, that's really tough to tough to manage in a fifteen team or on a twelve even a twelve teamer. You know, that's that's five starters in your first twelve rounds. That's 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 it's tough to get there. Yeah. Um. Uh, got A few more pictures here before we uh, jump out of here. I want to talk about some some really good ones here, guys, that I do like. Um, first, a note from our sponsors at Better Edge. Do you think your betting skills are good enough to win you tickets to the Final Four? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Better Edge is giving away a trip for two to the Final Four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at slash Final Four. And Better is B E T T O R. Better Edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm, and odds are it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter their March Madness contest for a trip, uh, win a trip to the Final Four. Head on over to betteredge.com slash final four. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash final four. Terms and conditions to apply. Jeff, have you ever been to a final four?
2: I have not. I've been to a couple of regional finals. Um, been to, uh, well, no, yeah, two regional finals. I saw KU go to the uh, beat Arizona once to get to the uh, Kansas beat Arizona to get Ana- to the final four. Anaheim? Yeah, Anaheim. Very good. I was at that game. I was at that game. Wow. A yep. good poll, and I was in Kansas City, where it was supposed to be KU as the number one seed, but they got beat in the round of uh, the second round by UTEP. The, the oh. uh, that was Dale Davis, uh, if you, if you recall. Um, I was
1: gonna, I was going to go Tim Hardaway, and then my UTEP knowledge was done.
2: But the, so instead, I got to see Nick Van Exel. Versus Ooh. Penny Hardaway for the fourth time.
1: Cincy, nice.
2: Yeah, uh, and also in that was Kenny Anderson on Georgia Tech. Oh, and that th- was a
1: t- that was a team. I loved Kenny Anderson, Dennis Scott. That was a team.
2: Yeah, and that was the team that beat USC. That um, beat Harold Baby Jordan Minor. So James, uh,
1: James Forrest at the buzzer from thirty-five feet.
2: Yes, very good memory.
1: I very still good. have I still have USC friends who have nightmares about that game because that was the year SC was really good. Harold, yeah, Minor, Harold Minor, Robert Pack. Those are some those are some good teams. Yep. I've been to two final fours. I would highly recommend it. It is a really the way it's set up with the, the Saturday games, then Monday, it's just perfect because, like, everybody's there on Sunday. There's a big party on Sunday all day. It's it's, yeah, it's a really fun awesome. setup. Saturday night's fun. Like, the game's end and everybody just empties. I went in Atlanta and Indianapolis. Indianapolis is actually better. Indianapolis is a perfect setup for that. It's a really good downtown. Atlanta's a little tougher. It's a little more spread out, but we had – it's, it's a lot of fun. It's good. I mean, it's, the, the, the games are in terrible venues to watch basketball. I mean, we were in the Georgia Dome watching basketball. is absurd. I had good seats for the final, uh, so it was fun. But like, it, they're horrible. At that, but the, the atmosphere and the stuff to do around the time of the games is really, really
2: great. Yeah, I'm envious. I, I, I I'll definitely do that someday. I did check off one bucket list. Now I got to get to a World Series yeah. and a Final Four. So we'll go. I imagine there.
1: you'll get a Final Four someday soon in that same building you went to the Super Bowl. So I don't think it'll be too far. There's going to have to be a Super Bowl or a Final Four at SoFi at some point. I can't. Uh, that's too big. But I then was again. I was in the Georgia Dome yeah, same, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Hoosier Dome when I went in Indy. And yeah. it was, I mean, I could tell. So In Indy, we had terrible seats. I could tell the colors of the jerseys and the players, and that's it. I
2: did a Hoosier Dome thing similar to that 84 Olympic team. When they were playing oh. their exhibitions. Uh, they, so that's the playing.
1: Bobby Knight team, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that was, that was cool because I lived in Indy at the time. And, yeah, we were way the heck up there. It was, yeah, you couldn't see anything. But it was still, like, being there. Not seeing sure.
1: anything, still seeing Michael Jordan play in person is pretty good.
2: The original dream team, basically. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was that was an amazing team.
1: Did Barkley make that team? He got cut, right? Yeah, he got cut. He got famously cut famously got that's cut right from right. that. No, right. Yep. Beautiful. See, I love it. Um. So my next pitcher is a guy that I do really, really like at the ADP. And it's he's someone that is good. Is, a lot of people do like. He's moving up. But ADP so far in the last... Month is 200 is Patrick Sandoval in, in uh, Anaheim, the Angels. I call him Anaheim, but Los Angeles Angels. Sure. Um, solid teal he got hurt. He was a 3 6 2, one, two uh, guy. 87 innings. He made 14 starts. Uh, bumped the K rate up 26%. The walk rate is a little bit high at 10%. That's the one concern here. Yeah. But I like the ground ball and, and, and strikeout uh, combo. He's a 51% ground baller last year. Swinging strike rates, 15.2%. That's a pretty bonkers, like, up there with the elite kind of number. That's a really good mm-hmm. number. Um, Velo was up a little bit. He was 97th percentile in average exit Velo, so didn't give up a lot, of hard, a lot of hard contact. He's a guy, you look at his stat, his stat catch page, kind of the opposite of some as we talked about. It is all red, all good. Um, 51.5% whiff rate, a change up. That's the pitch he through the most at 26, 29.6%. Slider has a good whiff rate at 28% through that 70% of the time. Huge target for me to ADP to the point that I know he's going to go up. I know it's going to be someone that likes him every draft, but someone that I'm willing to move up a couple of rounds to make sure that I try and get.
2: I like him, but not to the extent you do. But yep. maybe I should dig a little bit more. Concerns for me one health, uh, you know, coming off the back, but you know, it's just he, yep. he has not had a lot of innings along the way. So I do worry about that a little bit. Two, a fair point. Six man rotation. I think that cuts down a start or two there that he misses out on, which means you a, a win or two fewer, a, K, a couple of Ks he gets cost. Uh, and the walks. The walks are a concern. And, and actually, walks and homers both are a little bit of concern. Uh, it, it was you know 1.14 uh, home runs per nine last year. It was 2.45 in 2020. Granted, that was in 36 innings. So you take that for whatever it's worth.
1: Still give still 10 homers in that stretch, I know.
2: Yeah, uh, but, you know, that that a 10-game stretch or a six-game stretch can make things look a lot worse, so I get that. For sure. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I might be turned on to him a little bit more here, I mean, with your endorsement of him. Uh, I do like the Ks. I do like the swing and miss. We always are looking for, you know, swing and miss late, after especially that's why we were talking about, like, uh, Her- Jose Arquidi a week ago it was either a week ago or two weeks ago. Yeah, I like taking Arquidi and then taking a strikeout upside guy like Sandoval later now. Arquidi, you know Sandoval's gone by now, so he's a guy right. like Sandoval, not actually not the actual Sandoval, not the actual El Guapo. But <laughs> you know, did you get that reference? I but, did not. Okay, well let we'll just move on then. What was uh, it? No, I, tell me, tell me. Uh, th- three amigos.
1: I was going to guess three amigos. Damn.
2: Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Uh. I. But the whole concept is get your ratio guy. So that you can take some chances on K yep. guys later.
1: Yeah, and with Sandoval, I just think that like the, the walk rates a concern for me too, and that's the one thing I was looking at. But like, if he fixes that even a little bit, like he has a ton of upside. Like he could be a mm-hmm. he could be a top one hundred player pretty easily with that with the, what he has, just with one little fix. I mean, I mean it takes that little fix. And don't get me wrong, but it's ADP two hundred. Like I know you're nobody perfect down here, but. And for a 51% whiff rate and a pitch that he throws 30% of the time, it is an elite pitch. It is a great pitch. Um, I like the fastball. Velo was up a little bit. Helps that change up a little bit too. I just, mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of good here at, at ADP 200. I'm, I'm willing to go up a little. If I need to go 170, I'm fine doing it to try and get him. He's, he's definitely one of my bigger targets kind of this mid round.
2: That's good. It's good to know. I mean, that's again, good. To, good. They have those guys pocketed it
1: there. So my next guy is someone that I, as I look at, I'm like I think I like this, but I, it, it's hard for me to figure out. Whereas I look at Sandoval, I really want to target him. But Tristan McKenzie ADP is two thirty four, and he's been very up and down in his career. Like we saw, really some good flashes early, and then he was terrible. Then he was, we got some good flashes. Uh, he was really good in August and seemed to wear down in September. But four nine five ERA last year, in one hundred twenty innings. K rate's good, we know that twenty seven point five percent, but the walk rate's a huge issue eleven point seven. But Second half walk rate was 6.4% and 70.2 innings. So, like, that's a pretty decent um, stretch of starts there where he really did find a way to limit the walks. I don't think he's a suddenly a control guy by any means. But at least there's a little bit, of like, you, you can see, he, he he did improve and probably not get better. Um, the Ks are, are definitely the upside. This, the walks are the downside. Um, he feels like a guy to me that could be really good or could be really bad. And there's a there's a, there's a huge, a big floor and a really big ceiling. And it's, it's hard for me to figure out what to do with him.
2: Yeah, me too. Uh, durability, to me, is the big concern. Yeah. Six five one seventy-five.
1: And he, he looks it too.
2: He's skinnier than I was as a poor struggling law student. And by the way, I was very skinny at one point in <laughs> time. Believe it or not. Uh I mean I do like though, I mean 27 and a half K percentage. Yeah. If he takes that next step up. Cleveland is so good about developing pitchers. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the one thing they have. I mean, they don't, they, they don't, they have an owner that's one of the, the five, one of the 25, five worst owners in baseball. Uh But
1: that's, that's, that's well put right there.
2: Thank you. Uh But, and they don't have an, an outfield to speak of, but man, I mean, they just, they, they do get pitching. They, and I think McKenzie could take that next step. I haven't been voting with my feet on that yet and, That's a really good price. I should be, I should be bumping him up a little bit. I just, I I understand he got sent down at a point again. Walks are a little bit of a thing. No, that's, but you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. And you know, you're looking for, we all have this construction of the next Robbie Ray. And that's probably a bad construction to have, but the next big strikeout bump guy, guy that takes the leap. You look for the guy that makes, you know, knows how to pass and knows how to miss bats. And then you go from there.
1: So, kind of in that uh, same ADP range, uh, a little bit lower, we have a uh, Wasker Enoa Hino- at uh, ADP 248. Um, pretty solid in his debut last year, a 4.05 ERA, 1.11 whip in 91. He's made 17 starts. Um, another guy, like a, almost a 20% K minus walk. He was 27% K rate, about a 6.7% walk rate. Had some walk issues in the minors, so it was good to see him kind of take that step up. Good ground ball rate, 47%. A uh, lot of hard contact, 43%, 9.1% barrel. Stackhouse page is not great except for the Ks and the walks. Uh, where are you on uh, on Because I think he's, uh, he's the only one that kind of feels like he's moving up a little bit. As people, I, I do think people like him.
2: Well, he fought the wall and the wall won.
1: Yeah, he he pulled a Drew Bomerantz on us.
2: Yeah, and he had the shoulder thing in the playoffs. So, I don't know, dude. Um, I've been staying away from him just because, you know, he, he, he can't – he hasn't been able to pitch. He got scratched in the NLCS, not even in the World Series. Didn't even make the World Series roster. <sighs> I need to see it. I, I, I got to see him throwing in spring training. This is where the lockout hurts me on him. I'm just – I need I need positive news before I go anywhere.
1: I'm always a little bit wary of guys that are two pitch guys, kind of in that second tour of duty too. Like I, I know he threw 20 innings in 2020, but like in three innings in 2018, But that last year was really mm-hmm. his first stretch, and I always worry that second time, that second year, um, that two pitch guy. Like he, I think he needs to develop that third pitch. I don't think it's there yet, so that worries me a little bit on him. That uh, as guys figure that out, scouting reports come out a little. bit. I think he might have a little just being a two pitch guy as a starter. Yeah, I can see it. He threw, he threw his change up seven percent at sinker four percent. The other pitches were 40 and 48. Like, I know the slider is really good, big whiff rate, but uh, I just worry about that from a starter as, a, as I kind of get in this range here. Sure, uh, what do you do with that? Casey Mize ADP is 280, pretty good ratio year last year. 371 ERA, 1.14 whip in 150 innings, made 30 starts you get some of the metrics um yeah. k-rate k-rate was not good 19 percent xera was 4.92 gave up a lot of home runs. did have a lot of ground balls but barrel rate 10 swing strike under nine under 10 percent 9.4 percent you talk about a blue stat cast page he's definitely one of them the only thing in red is the is the walk rate and the fastball velo which is about average 56 percentile but 254 babbitt feels tough to repeat i just as i got into mys a little more uh, i, I kind of felt that 371 was kind of fool's gold from last year
2: yeah uh Debated him a lot with Chris Liss. Uh, I've even kind of been defending him a little bit, but I get the the critiques on him. Uh you, you, it's a lot of projection to try to, you know, yeah. to count the, on. Was,
1: he's the number one pick overall. So it's, petty, it's that, a pedigree yeah.
2: play. I mean, yeah, it reminds sure. me a little bit Rick Porcello, where it may not happen as when we want it, it may happen a little later. And right. it, not to the same strikeout uh aspect that we want. I mean, I it is a we, we are playing a strikeouts game. Yeah. Uh, and that that's one of the things that You know, I think he's going to be one of those classic better in real life than in fantasy guys, uh, where you know he'll get the outs, but you won't get you the strikeouts that we need sometimes. But then again, the cost kind of reflects that too, though, Scott. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's round 18 and a 15 teamer. Uh, He's your sixth starter, seventh starter. You could probably do worse. And then you got better defense around him. If a guy that puts the ball in play more, you want to have a better defense, right? So I like that. Um. I'll still get them in some places. I'm not like, oh, I gotta have them, but I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll go my eyes here. I need yeah. another starter.
1: Prime example of how much better people and fans like ten years ago. He'd be like pick 180 with that ERA and, and ratios and coming off the pedigree. And I think everybody looks yeah. at everything we look at too and sees that you know the strikeouts aren't there and the, the metrics aren't there. It's uh it's he, he's a he's a pretty good example of uh, how smart this industry is overall has gotten and people drafting. It's uh it's interesting to see the the progression of that because ten years ago that would not have been the case. I think you're probably
2: right about that one. I, I mean, just, we have more data. Yeah, um, we have, yeah, and that's the thing. It's just trying to figure out how, but every data point we've, we have is a reflection of what has happened, yep. not what's going to happen. I think that's always the tricky part is like, okay, well, this is another guy where they took their time. They brought him along slowly. They managed his innings. Maybe they'll manage him a little less, but, it also might be as for those of us who are enthusiastic about him. It also might be slow down. It, it could happen. Right. It will happen. Maybe
1: even, but maybe not when you're ready for it. Maybe a little later in the game too. Yeah, I think he might. Uh, I think he might bring some ratio damage along with him. But uh, yeah, we'll see. A uh, Couple of guys I want to talk about at the end, but real quick, um, Andrew Heaney is uh, the same ADP. Uh, there's a lot of been a lot of talk on him. Obviously, the the fantasy numbers were horrible. Um, but you got 19.5% K minus walk that everybody talks about too. Are you in or out of Andrew Heaney moving from? Um, Wherever he was, he was at the Yankees and uh, moving to the Dodgers.
2: I'm always in leagues where you've, you know, someone's listened to Jason Collette, including Jason Collette being in (laughs) one league with me. So he listened to himself and took him. But I mean, there's there's a lot of good things in the profile. I mean, the 19.2 K minus walk percentage. I mean, that's, that's pretty darn good. Team is good, you know, the Dodgers. I mean, if there's anybody, you know, there's a team. That and the Rangers would be the two teams I'd look for him to do well at because the Rangers have had some success with uh, veteran pitchers taking the next step up uh, and a good ballpark to pitch in. Uh, but man, he is go for Tastic. You do know, though, that anybody that's a Yankees fan, it won't touch him. So there's that. Nope. Angels fans aren't going to touch him. Nope. So you got that. Uh, you kind of get, the, I feel like. It, it really is a Colette or no Colette sort of th- situation there. <laughs> if they haven't read bold predictions,
1: uh, you know, you're going to get them around 280, fine. I don't want to pay 225 for them, yeah. though. And it's weird because, I mean, he has so many extremes. Like the swing and strike rate is so good. He got some good whiff rates, 91 per- 91st percentile and chase rate. There's so many good things. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you look at that, that, he had 2.01 home runs for nine last year, That's a lot of home runs given up last year and uh, Dodgers tend to do well with pitchers though. I I do get, it's a very good move, both from division wise and kind of team uh, team coaching team construct wise. I do get that, but Um, so the guy, the the guy that I like before him, I like or the guy right after him we're talking about is one I talk about. I don't want everybody to think I don't like young guys and can project them to get better. And I really like Josiah Gray this year. Um ADP is two eighty four. He's someone who was not good in his major league debut, 5.4 ERA, at least on the on the surface, one point three six whip. Uh K rate was okay, pretty good, twenty-five percent walk rate is a problem at eleven percent. Um is this someone that just smoked through the minors? He had an ERA under three at all levels of the minors. Um, he had high 20s K numbers in the minors. He had a much better walk rate in the minors than in the major league. I think it's a first time through the game. Are you going to fix that? Hard contact was an issue. I admit that the 12% barrel rate, a small sample in 70 innings, but that's that's a problem. But 14.1% swing and strike rate, 47.8% whiff rate, in a curveball, 45 on the slider. Give me a guy with... 45% rate on two pitches. They used a lot. Both used them both over 20%. Um, at pick 284, this is someone that I want to grab every time possible, and I will push him up um, to make sure I get him. I would take him over Heaney. I would take him over Mize. Um, I'd take him over Enoa. Um, he and McKenzie might be close, but I'd probably take him over McKenzie too.
0: Wow.
2: Uh, and you like McKenzie too a lot. So. I do.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. McKenzie's a close one. That that would be tougher. Uh, definitely those first four guys. McKenzie and him are close, but those first four guys for sure.
2: Yeah. Fun fact. Once was traded for Yasiel Puig, um,
1: yeah, and then was and traded, Jeter
2: Downs and, and then, Jeter Downs,
1: and then was Just, traded traded for Trey Turner and uh, Max Scherzer, right?
2: Yeah, and Jeter Downs was traded for Mookie Betts, so the Reds really did well with that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jeter, I, I, Jeter Downs, he, the verdict still out though. Yeah, he had a really bad year last year, but it doesn't matter. To the Dodgers they got Mookie Betts out of it yeah. and a World Series already, so that, that yeah.
1: worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah, where are you on Greg? Cause there's another guy that, you know, that everything you look at service wise yeah. is not good, but you got to project, you know, we're looking at minor league stuff. We're looking, you know, again, the guy that loses 2020 stats for us, but um, I really like a lot of the stuff in this profile.
2: I mean, yeah, the K's are great. Uh, the swing and miss. I mean, that's, that's what we're going for here.
1: And this multiple, is the guy you take a chance
2: on when you get your key to earlier.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just someone that I think probably might get a little bit popular too, as we get in drafts, but uh I don't know. I'm going to, as I get, I'm going to have him, I'm going to have a round circled in my draft that I'm just going to be calling my Josiah Gray round at some point. I'm just going to take him and make sure that I don't lose him.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and even that is like round 15, 16. Like that's a pretty easy, uh, easy spot to make. Suffice to say,
2: whenever you get to make your 17th round pick, if he's still there and TGFBI, uh, you'll be taking him.
1: Hopefully nobody's listening, but yes, he is my 17th round pick. If he's still there.
2: Okay. Okay. I missed out on that opportunity. Probably won't get him coming back, but if I do, he, he's in my queue.
1: Last guy I wanted to ask you about: uh, What does one do this year with Kyle Hendricks? He it uh, he was like a I think he's like a sixth, seventh, eighth round guy last year. Um, you know, coming off what seven straight years of the area under four? Um, last year was obviously brutal: four, seven, seventy, one three, five WHIP. Um, the K's crashed. The swing and strike rate crashed. He's obviously had a massive ADP drop as a result. He's back down at two ninety six. Um, do you think the you are back in at this price, or is this uh, is he? Uh, we've seen what we got and it's uh, it's time to move on
2: you know to me he's kai Hendricks because i took the l his l Um, uh, because i was like oh, oh all the forecast systems are wrong how could how could uh you know the bat and how could uh, uh steamer give him well over a four era
1: that's crazy
2: uh, they, well, you want you, right. you won that
1: you won that for like five years before that
2: though no but i was like railing about it this past draft season, last year's draft season. So, Hey, some people take victory laps. I'm going to take a defeat defeat lap here. That's Um,
1: That's good because that shows that you can take both. And that's, uh, I think that's a very good thing. Yeah. Oh, you have to,
2: um, you're only credible if you do take,
1: in fact, take your, take your defeat laps and let everybody
2: else take your victory laps.
1: That is is the goal. That is how I try and do it. Also. um, Probably not great advertising.
2: (laughs) Uh, but I've been around long enough. Anyhow, people have made their up their minds on me. Uh, so, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, the Cubs are gonna be bad, right? Uh he got 14 wins last year. That's not repeating. Uh that that was just super duper fluky. Um, even I think a positive correction could happen, but what's that correcting to 415, 420? That with not that many strikeouts. So I haven't gotten them yet.
1: I mean, the thing that he did so well all those years was was limit hard contact. And he did that last year, too. He was 92nd percentile on average exit v low. Um His barrel rate did double, though. That's the one that, like, eh, that's a little problematic. He doubled to 8.4. But hard hit rate was still 33%. It's just uh, home runs killed him. He was 1.54, highest home run rate of his career. And the, when you when they get the Ks to crash that much, it's really hard in fantasy because if you know the Ks aren't going to be there. The ratios have to be. You mentioned the wins might not be that. The Cubs are going to be bad. You're kind of starting this pick with 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 two categories kind of off the board. You have to get those ratios for him to work at all,
2: right? And, and the thing is, you can take one guy like that that doesn't get you strikeouts when you're playing in an overall contest. If you're playing your you know standalone league, it's a little bit different. In an only league, it's definitely different for sure. Uh, but in a you know an NFBC, which we talk about a lot, you know, if I've got Arcidi, I'm not taking Hendricks. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, someone asked in the chat, uh, "What do y'all think about Joe Ryan?" We actually—I didn't bring him up this time because we talked about him last time. But I love Joe Ryan, especially oh, as a yep. as a sneaky late uh, later whip guy because I think his whip is a really uh, really good stat that he does.
2: Yeah. Um, another one uh, is Jesus Lizardo. Uh, I'm going to defer to you as the uh, resident Jesus Lazardo expert. I'm going to defer to no. Okay. There you go. Not
1: not that I won't talk about him, but then I won't be picked.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, and
1: anyway. I don't I don't see what. I mean, I, I I see it when you watch him pitch. Like, there's obviously some good stuff there, but I have seen none of the production. He was not good. It's not like he went to Miami; and he was good all of a sudden. No, I'm he, still, he I, had
2: he a was, couple of good games, but uh, he was his overall numbers in Miami were no better than Oakland.
1: I just, uh, I mean, he he throws hard, and uh, I don't know. I just don't think he knows how to pitch yet. Yep. I think it comes at some point. I think he's got so much stuff, and it comes at one point. But I just. I, I mean I watched him in the A's and I was we talked about him last year. I was out on him at the price last year. I just don't I I didn't think he'd throw enough innings last year was my, my big concern. I think that's probably a problem again. But uh yeah. now for, for me last year I was like, I don't think the innings are there, I think the ratios will be and the strikeouts will be. And none of it was. And I just right. I, I think his innings, innings concern are still there. I don't think he's throwing 108 innings anytime soon. And I don't think the production's there, so it's just uh, it's uh, it's not great. Some of the chat asked about uh, Wasgari. No, we actually covered him a little bit ago. So if you go back to the audio, we did we did talk about Inoa. Uh, so yeah, but I'm uh, I'm out. Lazardo.
2: Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten him yet. I, I see it as as a reserve pick, and take a chance that maybe pedigree comes through, but certainly not based on anything he did last year.
1: Do you want to do Do you want to do fades or our guys next week? We're gonna do those in the next two weeks. Which one do you want to start with?
2: Mm, you choose. Uh, I, I, I like you driving it, but uh,
1: right. where well, those are—that's gonna be the next two me. podcasts. Those are the, those are the big ones we do in March. So we'll, uh but I'll figure out which one we do. So we're gonna do fades or our guys uh, next week. We'll do our, our targets. We'll do those next two weeks. I think we'll do fades first. I think. Yeah, yeah I think sounds I good like uh, I like talking about fades as, as you know so uh, mm-hmm. anyway uh, thanks everybody for listening to the roadwire fantasy Bo- baseball podcast we do always appreciate that we appreciate all the questions we appreciate all the uh, all the comments seem like almost everybody liked us talking about uh, other baseball stuff aside from fancy the first uh, few minutes here so we appreciate the, the kind words there as we try and kind of get through yeah. some of the some of the baseball negativity with uh, bringing some fun stuff to talk about everybody kind of needs that right now at, at least in the in the baseball fan world so and um, I got a lot
2: of movie and book recommendations now too so there you go you uh, got should that have, going for us have
1: you so. watched 42 have you, have you you, you have not read art of fielding
2: um no i have not so i will i think
1: you, i think you like it it gets a little weird in the middle but uh, i think overall you like like it. it's a, it's a, it's a good one so
2: not season two of uh
1: of uh friday night lights weird is it are you into that yet no not yet i've just been okay. warned uh weird's not the right word for it it's just bad okay it's only like a, there's good stuff and there's like a couple storylines that are really bad okay you could tell like some some person got in their ear like you need to be more a little more tr- dramatic and shocking and it didn't mm. work very well. So. Yeah, okay, it, it fixes itself and it gets three, four, five are all great. So. Don't worry too much.
2: Unlike Sons um, of Anarchy, it fixes itself then. Okay, good.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of shows that don't fix themselves. This one definitely does. It gets, if anything, it gets fixed up and then got stronger even, the, even after. Nice.
2: So good. I like that. So,
1: Thanks, again for listening. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensen. Hit us up on there. Anything anything else you want to talk about in terms of uh, things we like about baseball, any of the topics you want to hear about, uh, definitely hit us up there. Other than that, we hope everybody has a great week. We'll be back at you next Sunday night talking about our fades for the 2022 season. Take care.